Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Can't wait to see what you do, Fiddy. You're a top-notch prospect. Time now for the live wire. <laughs> Two stars. I mean, no, my no. bad, my bad. I didn't think you had my mic on. Live wire connect. Never cut off big times microphone. So I catch all your insults and RJ going to play in the Swiss Alps and Tiny Tim. And I, RJ has been catching it big time all the last while being week. Number one in the ACC. I mean, I it's your fault, Fitty. If, if he wasn't, you know, your guy, I wouldn't give him such a hard time. And RJ, if you hear this, you know, it, it's no disrespect. I'm I'm just having fun with my producer. What's that make Muggsy Bogues if RJ Davis is Tiny Tim? <laughs> Well, Muggsy, you know, he 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 made it to the league. He was a first round, a high first round pick, and was a, was a hooper. So, and plus, I mean, you got to call Muggsy a giant. And, and I still think Muggsy had more muscle despite being seven inches shorter. That he did, or I mean, even more than that. Yeah, a lot more muscle. All yeah. right, Fiddy, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> now, and speaking of the league, uh, Wes, you you miss Gen Z Giants Drew Romich's uh, his take this morning. Man, came in the door said, I don't mean to poop all over you, Fiddy. <laughs> but R.J. Davis, not an NBA player, and we argued for 15 minutes. Oh, man, I hate I missed that. I wish I would have been in the room. Um, so the combine is, I guess, officially getting underway with interviews, meetings, the whatnot. And that means that you're going to hear from Dan Morgan and Dave Canales. Canales speaking right now. Morgan spoke earlier today. One thing he talked about is the future of Iki Aquanu playing left tackle. Hmm. Here's what the new GM of the Carolina Panthers had to say on that subject. I think Iki, the plan is to leave him on the outside at left tackle. I'm excited to see him develop under the new regime, the new offensive line coaches. Um, you know, I, I, I'm excited for that potential. So, Wes, he says he thinks that's the plan. You've played left tackle. I imagine you had some ups. You had some downs during your stellar career in <laughs> nope. Winston-Salem. Only up, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, right. How much is maybe just getting a position coach and a head coach that believes in Nicky at that position could lead to him having a bounce-back season and being the left tackle? For this franchise for the next 10 years? Uh, well, I think that's not the thing that's holding Nicky back. I think he's gotten plenty of support from the Panthers. I think they know that he's their guy. And I think by them, you know, Dan Morgan's statement just then lets you know that there's plenty of support for him in that building. Uh, otherwise, he would have been very non-committal about that. Like I said, I think they're going to give him one more shot to show that he can do this thing before he gets the Robert Gallery treatment. You guys remember him. He oh, wow. was supposed nice to be ball. the tackle of tackles. And then he ended up switching to guard and had a long career as a guard. So that's not to say that you're trash just because you have to move inside. I think for Icky, it may come down to shedding a little bit of weight uh, and just mainly just technique work because that's the big things that you see with him to whether, you know, he's bending over, putting his head in the block or dropping that inside foot, opening up the door for a pass rusher at times or getting confused on games and things of that nature. So I think that there's some technical things that he could clean up in his game, and I think that will help him uh, a lot. I mean, he's still going to have issues with speed rushes, but who doesn't? It's the NFL. I mean, outside of Trent Williams, how many guys – you know, just stand over there and lock people down weekend and week out. And so uh, I think for Icky, though, I think that's a nice endorsement for him. I think he's getting plenty of yeah. support. And I think he's going to have every chance to do that uh, throughout this season. And I think if it doesn't work this season, I think they're going to look for another option. So here's what's crazy about Icky. 
We all think that he regressed in 2023, right? We all think that. Logical explanation, having watched him week in and week out. He had a better grade this year than he did in 2022, if you let Pro Football Focus tell it. And part of that is because Pro Football Focus views him as an excellent run blocker. He was ranked 11th out of 79 tackles in the NFL when it came to run blocking with a 77 grade mm-hmm. in the very tree green, which indicates very good. His pass blocking grade wasn't terrible. It was 54th out of 81, which, okay, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but I guess just in the larger sense of you know being closer to average than 81. We're giving up 11 sacks. When you're starting at left tackle. No, right, and that's just the stat. I, that actually is going into my point. Mm-hmm. I think the bad plays are so horrendous. It's hard to overlook the medium to good snaps that he had in pass blocking. But there are so many times where he gets fooled and so many of those sacks that you talk about, Wes, they're on stunts. And if we can just get this guy to understand what's happening on stunts and also give him help because played alongside Chandler Savala this year, who is the worst guard in the league? Number one. Got a grade of zero one time, and it baffled us for like three straight weeks. We couldn't stop talking about it. I'm glad that they're giving him another shot. And I didn't think too much that they were going to look for another offensive tackle and then kick Icky inside. I didn't think that that would ever get to a realistic point. But I'm glad that they're giving him another shot because I think there's still enough there to where you can win with Icky and give him a shot to be a good enough pass protector. And maybe he turns out to be a good one. I don't know. But... Elite run blocker has that potential already showing flashes of that and good enough pass protector. Can you get to average and not just let the awful plays show up as frequently as they do? Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm here for giving Nikki another shot. Yeah. I mean, he gave up five more sacks, 17 more pressures. And yeah, the, the run blocking is something that you could definitely uh, hang your hat on with him. But the thing is too, we know that that rookie year, he did get a lot of help with chips he or, did. or different things like that, being a tight end lining up on his side. And so the thing there is that, man, you can't just keep having to give up a potential receiver and a passing tree uh, to help your left tackle. And that's the thing too that I think he's got to clean up because it hurts the offense when you have to constantly help the tackle. We're going to stick with the Dan Morgan sound on the offensive line. He spoke about why the guards are motivated about back in 2024 our starting guards they're progressing um obviously they had injuries and you know landed on ir last year and you know i think both those guys are are sick about that and super motivated to come back stronger next year um but again we're going to look to add depth and competition at every spot not just the guard spot um you know so i think you know future wise we're we're focused on the o-line but that's not the only position we're looking to focus on Walker, what does health at the guard position mean for Bryce Young in his second season playing quarterback? It means I'm scared for him because it was they weren't very healthy last year, as Dan Morgan just talked about. They had a million different combinations at both right and left guard because Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett were both hurt. I understand why you might think, hey, if Christensen's healthy and Austin Corbett is healthy, then our offensive line will get back closer to what it was two years ago. I understand that thought process. It doesn't mean I'm not scared. It's a big old risk you're taking. So if you're doing that and you're saying, if Corbett can come back from injury, a second knee injury, by the way, in the last over calendar year after tearing his ACL in I think week 16 of two seasons ago, and then not even finishing the year the next time that he went out with an injury after he returned for waiting a long time, 
is this another Matt Paradis situation where he was excellent the previous year before he got hurt and then was never even close to the same? I'm scared about that. Brady Christensen, while they relied a lot on him, is this the case of he's a solid enough guard to where you're okay with him? But really, we're comparing him to Chandler Zavala, who might have been the worst in the NFL. Like it, it's still scary to have that thought process. I get it. I do think health will certainly help. It can only help this offensive line. But, Wes, it doesn't mean that I'm not looking for talented guards out there on the free agent market or in the NFL draft. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that interior needs work. And I don't know that I trust, you know, bringing those guys back. Christensen may be a solid enough player to leave at one guard spot, but I still think uh, at the, the center and guard positions need an upgrade. I get that these guys were hurt uh, and that they missed some time and maybe got thrown back into the fire, but still some of the things that I saw uh, from these O-linemen last year, just to me, yeah, I get that you were injured, but you were getting whooped a lot. And it wasn't just the fact that it was zone block and anything like that. It was mano mano uh, you trying to block a guy and you getting smashed. So uh, I think that the best thing for them is going to be maybe to find uh, he, he wasn't lying saying that they need some depth and competition, but I think you also need to find some starter level guys, uh, at least two of them to go in that interior and plug in. The thing is, I don't, I don't know if you find anybody better than what Corbett was two years ago. But I don't know if Corbett is Corbett from two years ago. That's the problem, right? That's what's scary about this. It's going to be tough, but Dan Morgan has his hands full. There aren't many Zach Martins in the world who just age like a fine wine playing right guard. Unless he's going against Derrick Brown. That's the only thing. Yeah. Um, one more soundbite from Dan Morgan. We've we spent a lot of time talking about keeping Burns, Brown, and Luvu here in Carolina, and he addressed the possibility of that. You want to keep your defense together, you know, not only the coaching staff, but the players. Um, you know, we'd love to keep everybody together, but, you know, with the salary cap, it's not always a reality. All right, Walker, let's yeah. read between the lines. That's what we do when people like him speak. Do you do you sense confidence from him that he can pay Burns, Brown, and Luvu, or do you think it's more than likely that, uh, given that answer, at least one of those guys will not be back in Carolina next year? I don't know if you can take anything from that. It felt like he was trying to keep all doors open. Maybe you can take something from it, but, I mean, it, that, that sounded like a whole lot of nothing. Well, this would, is a management man speaking in publicly. Well, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> in this moment where you just have no clue what's going to happen. I'd love to keep everybody back, but sometimes the salary cap doesn't allow that. Well, that's just basic 101 of trying to figure out how to keep all your talented players year after year after year. Thanks, Dan. Well, no, I, I'm not even blaming him for it. It's just it didn't sound like a whole lot. So, yeah, there's a real possibility Frankie and Brian Burns are not on this team. You could have a bunch of different combinations. I don't think Derek Brown's going anywhere. I I would be I'd be shocked. I think I would use that word, shocked, if Derek Brown was off the team heading into next year. But Frankie Luvu and Brian Burns, yeah, you could easily see that scenario play out. Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting what he said. I think they're going to try to get all of those guys signed, but I think he realizes, you know, that Brian Burns is definitely uh, a wanted man. And then thinking about, uh, I think the Frankie Luvu is the most interesting wild card out of the bunch because he's the one that's going to hit uh, free agency. And I think you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to try to put the Panthers in a tough position uh, and, you know, offer him some money that the Panthers might not be willing to. That's the second time we've played sound since Dan Morgan became the GM. Does he not sound exhausted? And I think if you're a Panther fan, man, that should excite you. Scott Fitterer never <laughs> sounded tired. Never sounded like he was staying up late at night, grinding on tape, 
writing down notes on the notepad, working 24-7, 365, which is what that job requires. I like hearing Dan Morgan, what, a month and a half on the job? Sound like he needs a vacation, but he's a football guy. He ain't taking no vacation, baby. We saw what having the head coaching job in Carolina did to Frank Reich. <laughs> we saw what the head coaching job did to James Borrego when he took over for the Charlotte Hornets at the beginning and the end. Steve Clifford hasn't had hair for us to see the gray factor mature a little bit more. But I have to imagine Steve Clifford, after cursing a couple of times, giving us great sound bites twice this year, when you coach in Charlotte, you're going to age and you're going to be tired. It's all about how you get to the other side. Somehow being successful, I think Dan Morgan is up for that challenge. He works hard, man. I think he's up for it. That'll do it for the Live Wire.